boom here we are hey folks what's up this is jerry anthony thompson here and i want to welcome you to this episode of the pivot play podcast and what i gotta i have to say this to start off is that i am learning so much about what it takes to do this um there's some complexities to it so i had promised this episode uh, today we're going to talk about susus, but I had promised this episode um, I don't know, probably at least a week ago, and I've actually recorded it three times, three, uh, but we had some technical difficulties and uh, video quality wasn't what I was hoping for, so I had to step back and regroup uh, to make sure that uh, I'm giving you quality content, right? So, uh, so anyway, so let's jump in. So today we are going to talk about susus. Right. And again, I wanted to get into this. It is still relevant because there is sort of this groundswell of SUSU related activities, as I will call them. So. So I don't know now, a few weeks back, uh, someone approached me uh, with some information about a SUSU. And I'll be honest with you, I was unfamiliar with that specific term. Um, so I, I didn't know what, what he was talking about. And to kind of cut to the chase with it, the way that this sort of worked in this one was put in 500 bucks and then in four weeks, basically get 4,000 out. And so basically $3,500 if you count your $500 in. Like, really and so you couldn't tell me a, a ton about it and so then there was a video and a zoom call and all that sort of stuff and but even in the conversation i'm like man this is seems kind of pyramidish maybe kind of ponzi-ish to me um and maybe i just uh coined two new phrases right so trademark uh jerry thompson teachings for life I'm joking. Um, so I'm like, and this is, this is what I do, right? When people bring me ideas, because I've had over the years, people bring me tons of ideas, business ideas, network marketing, you, you name it. Um, but I actually like to rip things apart and that's probably not a fair term. I like to disassemble, right? To learn how things work. I'm a, I'm a systems type of thinker. And so I started trying to put the pieces together for this thing and it just, it wasn't adding up for me. So I said, let me go and do some, let me do some research and find out what this is all about. So one of the first things I stumbled on was what I thought was a very well done Ted talk by Carl Joseph Black. And he talked about what I will term a closed loop traditional susu. Right. So some people say traditional susu. I'm saying closed loop traditional susu. If you go back and you look at where susus came from, there's some that, that say that it, it came from West Africa, like places like Ghana, certainly well known in the Caribbean, although it might be known by other names. Who? Box, Padna. There's just there's a lot of different terms that it's known by, but essentially what it is, is it is a community pool of funds. Right. And the way that it works is it requires trust, accountability, and discipline. 
and it's a way for people to pull their resources together. And so the reason I call it a closed loop is the way that most of them are run as I understand it. So let's say we have 10 people that get together and there's some savings goal, right? And so what we determine is these 10 people, we're going to give, let's say $100 a week for 10 weeks. And in that process, we're then going to determine by week who is going to get $1,000 because every week the SUSU is taking in $1,000. So starting at week one, someone's walking away with 1000 but they continue to stay engaged to give their 100 And so you're not necessarily getting any more money. You're just perhaps being able to get access to it more quickly. And again, it builds this sense of community. It certainly demands um, a lot of trust uh, because there's one person that is holding the money, but you're also trusting that other people are going to keep their commitment to the SUSU. So for instance, so you get your money in week three, you walk away with your thousand dollars. The expectation is that you would continue to stay engaged to make sure that everyone else gets made whole as well. And so this as a tradition has been around for a really, really long time. Um, Again, known by many names, done in different ways, can go different lengths of time. Um, if you are, let's say, in, in the example that I gave, you're in slot number seven, and you have an urgent need, you can talk to the person that's next up in slot number four, and you can trade places. But again, and I, so when I put the information out to say I wanted to do this, there's actually one person said they had been part of a SUSU for 12 years, which I thought was pretty amazing and, and pretty fantastic. And aside from whatever money exchanged hands, I'm actually more interested in the dynamics and the relationships among these people. Are they friends? Are they family? But if you've been doing this with people for over a decade, you have established really some of these core characteristics that are needed if we are going to build together. And I'm a big believer in the fact that where we are now as a society the only way that we will get there is if we get there together. And even when we're talking about some of these financial issues, people being disenfranchised, people being unemployed, people being downsized, people losing elements of their pay or compensation, it will require us to come together as communities to figure out how do we live together? How do we build together? How do we save together? How do we spend together? How do we invest together? And so, I really love the idea of this closed loop. And again, I'm calling it a closed loop because you know where it's going to start and you know exactly where it's going to end. You know who's involved and you've already assessed their character and their integrity before they get involved. If I were going to put money into a bank for savings, I don't know. Tell me what the typical interest rate is now on savings with any bank. I don't know. Can you get even 2% these days? And the rub there is while you're getting pennies for your savings, the bank takes your money, it loans it to other people, and they make tons of interest on that. They invest your money. They make tons of interest on that. And for your trouble, they're going to give you, you know, one point something percent and then charge you fees to have your money in their bank, right? So, this keeps you away from, quote unquote, the system um, and the way that it works. And it allows 
a community or a group of people to advantage and support themselves, right? So that said, there are some things that the traditional closed loop SUSU is not, right? So you, you can't claim it on your taxes. I don't know if that's a problem, but you can't. Um, you, you can't use the SUSU as collateral. Um, there's no there's no regulation, right? There's no oversight body. So if you have money in the bank, uh, you have federal deposit insurance, you know, the FDIC, I'm sure you've seen it if you walked into any bank. So uh, up to a certain amount per account, um, there is apparently some coverage uh, or insurance on that money against loss. Um, and it, it does not create wealth. A traditional SUSU does not create wealth because there's, there's no interest, right? So you would need interest in order to create wealth. But I want to caution you by hearing me on this point. While the SUSU in itself does not create wealth, it can become a vehicle to help you create wealth. So by that, so going back to um, Carl Joseph Black's story about his parents, Right. We know one of the foundations of being able to build wealth in America is home ownership. And so their SUSU allowed them to acquire the savings to be able to get their first home. So that can be the foundation of building wealth. Or if someone uses the money from their participation in a SUSU to start a business, as I've read some stories of people who have done that, um, then it can be the catalyst to lead you towards wealth. But it in and of itself is not a vehicle to do that. And it's not a criticism of a SUSU. It's just a fact of a SUSU. Some people lay it out as a criticism and it's not. I mean, you know, that's like looking at, you know, Serena Williams, who may be the best tennis player ever and say, well, she doesn't make that many free throws. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not a relevant, um, it's not a relevant criticism. So now what, what I want to segue to is what I am now going to describe as a distributed two-up SUSU, right? And say it again, a distributed two-up SUSU. And so some of you have seen uh, some of this around, and, and I'm telling you, if no one has called you, texted you, inboxed you, DM'd you, you've seen it on Instagram, um, or Twitter, I can almost guarantee that it's coming to you. It is coming because it is everywhere in all these different flavors, the distributed two-up SUSU. And here, here's how I can attempt to explain this to you. Again, the first one that I heard about was put in 500 bucks, and then in four weeks, get $4,000. Okay. So again, the way that my mind works, I start to do the permutations and like, well, where does this money come from? Well, so when you come in with your $500, you then have to get two other people to bring in $500 in that next week and allows you to move up a position. I'll, I'll show you an illustration shortly. Well, those two people in order to, I'll just say the word qualify. I don't know what they call it, but to qualify, they then have to bring in 
two people, right? So you're one person who brings in two people. That's three. Well, those two people bring in two more people. That's another four people. And then those four people go get two people, right? And so now on that last rung of it, here, let me just go ahead to the to this illustration. Um, and so you, you come into the fire position and you go, it looks like air to earth and then the water, right? So when you're in the water position is when you're supposed to get paid. And this is done many different ways, right? I've seen similar sort of diagrams, and this is refer referred to as a flower, right? Um, but I've seen them with just people's names as an illustration to say how it works. So then by the time in the fourth week that you would move into the water position, so you're now, you're now in the center of the flower, the new people who've come in, right? Because you got two people who got two people, that's four, those four people, uh, go get two more people. So that's eight. Well, those eight people would individually gift you, operative word, gift you $500 each, which gives you $4,000. So the way that it works is when you get in, I, I don't know, it's by carrier pigeon or something, something comes to you to tell you who to gift this money to. So that's really how this is all being done. It's all, it's all electronic, right? So it's all PayPal, uh, Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, you know, um, platforms like that. And it's interesting with this one in particular because it is keeping you below the $600 sort of gifting threshold that the IRS would be very um, interested to know about. Um, so, so there's that because when you get into it, it's like, well, before we'll, we'll talk about the money itself, but then, you, you know, one of the questions comes up, well, is this legal? Well, I, so it's it's interesting. So what I wish that they would not do for me is to call it a susu because some of the core characteristics of a susu are not really here. So one of those would be accountability. The other is trust. Well, this thing is so distributed. You can't build trust with people that you don't know. Right. But they talk a lot about giving a caring, compassion and communication. It's, just, it's a lot. Right. And I'm I am really trying to discuss this without putting a firm stance on do this, don't do that, right? This is because the next thing that we get into is what is your moral and ethical compass around this, right? Um, and, and what I mean by that is something can be legal, but it does not necessarily mean that it's ethical, right? It doesn't mean that it brings a benefit to people perhaps beyond yourself. So in order to do this, you have to extend yourself, not just your money, but also your character and your integrity kind of goes along because you are now vouching for this vehicle and then bringing other people in who are bringing their money into it. And then it just kind of goes down the line. So here, but here's, so and even in the Bible, it says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient, right? So it's legal for the most part, right? And one of the things, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think some aspects of it are actually clever, right? So, and the reason that I said it looks pyramidish to me and it looks Ponzi-ish to me, and I can't say that it is explicitly 
uh, those things is because in a pyramid, generally the money heads in one direction and then it may work its way down. In a Ponzi scheme, all the money works its way to the center and little bits of money come out and that's just to give it, you know, um, sort of the look of having integrity and, and being a legitimate financial vehicle um, or investment instrument, right? Which we know that it's not. It's all smoke and mirrors. So here's what you have to consider with this. Is for me, man, I'm going to get an 800% return. And I have, that's the only word I can use, right? And most times they will not refer to this two-up distributed SUSU um, as an investment, although I did see one presentation that did use the word investment. I'm sure the SEC would be very interested in that, but I'm not the SEC. I'm not FINRA. I'm not chasing anybody down on that, but um, they probably should not call it an investment, right? When you when you use that word, you, you take on certain um, responsibilities and, and things like that. So anyway, um, the in the in the way that that this works to get an 800% return on something where nothing of value has been exchanged. That's so that's for me where I, I have to bail because I know that money doesn't just come from anywhere. And so it says to me that if one person can put in any amount and I'm, I'm kind of using this one as an example, but there's others where you put in over a thousand. I've talked to my 19 year old daughter there's ones out there that she's seen where you you put in, you know, 20 bucks, get 80, put in a hundred dollars, get five. I mean, so this is the denominations are, are literally are literally all over the place. But you're getting an 800 percent return on money, but nothing of value has been exchanged. So what I mean by that is there's no information because information is valuable, right? People would would pay for that. There's no product. There's no service right? That could have a perceived value of 800% over what you put in. And so let me, let me give you an, an example of a, a, a value exchange where you maybe possibly could go from something really, really small and relatively inexpensive, but based on its perceived value, you could walk away with some big money. I'll give you an, for instance. All right. So, so let's say I have this cookie recipe right? This is an amazing cookie recipe. I mean, this, you've never had, you, you never had no cookies like this. I'm telling you now, you haven't, just, you haven't. Um, I mean, you eat these things and it just sort of melts in your mouth and it's just got all these different flavors and all this stuff going off in your brain and you, you're feeling euphoric. I mean, yeah, these, these aren't pot cookies, but you know what I'm saying? It's, just, it's a great cookie. And uh, so I can get $100 per cookie. That's just how special they are. And this is not outlandish thinking. Um, do a search on the internet. Bet you you can find a cookie with gold flakes in it and it's going to cost you some money, right? So, but anyway, for the sake of this example, $100 a cookie. But instead I need is still fairly simple and relatively inexpensive. So then I know that I need milk, I need flour, you know, um, I need 
sugar and eggs and that sort of thing. So I could go around to a group of people and say, hey, help me with the base ingredients that I need and I will more than double your money. So you put in five bucks, someone puts in five bucks for sugar, someone does it for flour, some milk, some eggs, nutmeg, vanilla. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you my, my recipe. Um, but we, we take these simple ingredients in this small investment. And then I go into the kitchen, get things going, boom, boom, boom. Out comes these cookies. And sure enough, we can get $100 a cookie. So if you put in $5, right? And I give you 50, right? Which is 10 times what you put in. That's reasonable because we have exchanged something of value. There's something there that people want. And we see this happen every day. If you buy a car for $200,000, it did not cost $200,000 to make that car, right? It might be expensive, but it didn't cost $200,000. The reason that they're able to get $200,000 is that people have bought into the idea of its value, its stature, its prestige. And that's what people are paying for. The car did not cost $200,000 to make, right? The, The device that you might be watching me on right now or listening to me on did not cost what you paid for it to be made, right? And even going through an entire sort of supply chain and all that wonderful stuff. So what I'm talking about is a value chain, right? There has to be an exchange of value if you're going to get increased you know, numbers on the back end. So that's kind of where I bail on this because it's not there. Because then what I think of, well, and you really have to kind of follow, follow the money, right? And my producer slash oldest daughter um, did a really great job of sort of laying this out for me. And so kind of if you were going to do this, right, what you want to be is the person who creates the flower, right? You want to be the person in the center because everything that happens up into, so, so for instance, let's say you started one and then a person gives you, right, $500. They may not know. I mean, they don't know they're giving it to you, right? You could use a a pseudonym or something. They're just sending it to some cash app address. They don't know it's you. Um, So you get their money and they go get the next two people to get their money because there's no person in the water position yet behind you that gets paid. So 500, then a thousand, then 2000. So at least up until, and then really up until the next rung, because you're in, you're, you're still in that position until the next person moves in because they started at fire air, earth, water. Well, all that money technically goes to the admin, the person in the center who's kind of moving the board around. And so there's, there's, there's that, right? Just again, follow the money. So someone in the center who's creating the flowers um, can make potentially $35, $3,500 on that particular example um, before anything else happens, right? By having all these different people gift them um, $500. Um, so you got to think about that. So if I were going to, my moral and ethical compass would allow me to do it. Well, I'd just start flowers, right? People don't know where it started. And then most people aren't going to go through tracing these permutations. They're just not going to do it. Um, so 
then think about what happens if this ends abruptly. And they tend to end abruptly. <clears throat> Based on what I've been exposed to, that could be likely thousands, potentially tens of thousands of people who are just left out. This thing just goes away, as these things tend to do. And so if that happens, if you were the person who brought your friends or family into this and then it just goes away, how does that affect your relationship with them? Does that bother you from a moral and ethical point of view? And, and so I had to think about what people's motives would be to get into something like this, right? And so the idea of the quick come up um, is attractive to a lot of people. The idea of getting rich quick is attractive to a lot of people. But I also believe that in these times of uncertainty, while there are many people who are willing to and do every day work, work hard, um, that the uncertainty in the air says that if they could press the easy button, boom, and break out of all this nonsense and know that they have enough money to set themselves up, set their families up, most people would press that button. I might press that button. Easy button, 10 million, I'm out, and I can just do what I want to do. Who would not consider that? Like, that's extremely attractive. So I understand it, and I get it. I really, really do. Um, but then there's also desperation and greed. And, and the reason I'm saying this is I, I want you to consider the energy that you have around money itself. And so the way that I can sort of lay this out to you is you probably haven't spent a lot of time thinking about water today. But you have spent a lot of time probably thinking about money several times throughout the day. You're not really thinking about water. And the reason I believe that you don't spend a lot of time thinking about water is that the perception is, is it is plentiful. There's tons of it. I'm not have to, I don't worry about where, where water is coming from. Um, if anything, I'm worried about where does money come from? And so what I'm, I'm saying that to say that a lot of us have this perception of either the lack of money, the difficulty of acquiring money, and the further challenges of being able to retain money. But that energy that you have and the way that you think and believe around money is kind of speaks to the reason that you have it, don't have it, don't know how to acquire it. I'll give you another example. So if I see someone driving a $200,000 car, what I used to say is, I wonder how much that person makes, right? Operative word, what do they make? And then I learned that that is the wrong question and really perhaps does not honor what that person has done. The better question is, I wonder what type of value exchange this person is a part of. Like what, what is their value that allows them to earn and have these types of rewards, right? So we, Making money and earning money to me are two very different things. And I think the value is what it is. It's hard for some people to understand how one person can have 
you know, a, a job. So let's say a, a brain surgeon, right? So it's a, compared to, I don't know, a short order cook. Well, they're not going to earn the same amount of money because there's a different perceived value of what it is that they do. Short order cooks, you can get them a dime a dozen, right? You can replace them in a day. I mean, you can create one out of nowhere. It's not that not that difficult. Brain surgeons are a little bit different, right? Much more highly educated, have gone through many more years to prepare and hone these skills to do a very specific but very difficult but also very valuable job. So hence, their earnings are going to be a lot higher. So all I want you to leave this with is to consider your energy around money. Do you see it as limited? Do you see it as something that is in short supply? And then how do you assess your own value? Right? Like if I challenge you to say, okay, what can you do right now to truly earn $5,000 in the next month? And we may actually do that, that challenge at some point. Uh, it's on our, it's on our roster to talk about, but it's getting you to assess your value because what you are getting back now is a reflection of that perceived value. That's all it is. So if you don't like what you earn, do one of two things, either change your value or do the work to change people's perception of that value and you will earn more. So final thing is on this, on the, the two up distributed Susu is they end, they end abruptly. And it's like, you get a group of people together. It's like, Hey, you guys want some pizza? Let's order pizza. Everybody puts their money in on the pizza and you go to go wash your hands or something and come back and there's an empty box. Where's my pizza? Oh, the pizza's, man, that pizza's gone. Well, I put my, my money in. Now, nah, dude, the pizza is, you, you shouldn't have left the room. Pizza's gone. That's what happens with these things. That's what will happen with them. Um, so I'm saying be careful, be thoughtful, consider your own moral and ethical compass on this issue. Um, and be careful what you expose your personal net worth and your network too. Super, super important. But if you're thinking about a traditional susu, a traditional closed loop susu, all in on that. I would challenge some of you to do it um, as a way of really getting closer to these core characteristics we talked about in the beginning, the trust, the accountability, the discipline, the sense of community, traditional susus all day. What can we do? What can we truly do together? How can we build together? How can we support one another? I'm willing to give and allow you to get first. I get mine at the end, the back end. There's someone who needs this, you know, they got themselves in a pinch. Maybe they need to get a car repaired. Maybe they need to get a different vehicle. Maybe they want to buy a house. Maybe they want to start a business. We're all in it together. I'm all about helping you reach what you want to get to. So there's tons of information out there on traditional susus, how they're done, how they're administered. Um, 
that is a fabulous idea. The, the distributed two up Susu, I'm gonna go with. Eh, be careful. All right. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Um, now that we got our tech situation worked out here, you should hear from us much more often. But I appreciate your time. Love you guys. Have a fantastic day. Peace out.